Discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Right. May kindly take your seats in heavenly places. Thank you. I, the rain has been terrible. I mean, I called Pastor and I was asking... What's happening? Because it was raining at in my house. Seriously, strong. So it's a blessing to have you around. Yeah, you've done well for coming, and I know that the others will also come. It's still powerful, anyways. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember one day when I was pastoring this. When I was pastoring here, one day it was it was raining. So I was wondering who was going to be in church. I got my shock when I entered. When I entered, the whole place was full. You remember? I was surprised, like, hey, where did all this, where did, what happened? It was a very serious shock. Hallelujah. So this morning, I started talking about, what, what, what is my topic? The rulers, false brethren, dangerous sons, and spots. Is it a powerful message? Is it a powerful topic? How many of you are here in the morning? Oh, right. So, they are rulers. Say they are rulers. They are rulers. So, I ended at... I said so many beautiful things that I think you should, you should hear for yourself. Which will really help you. You know, and I ended at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, isn't it? Yeah. So, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Do you love your Bible? Yeah. Yeah, so the amplified version says, Obey. Say, Obey. Obey. Obey your spiritual leaders, meaning that God recognizes that they are leaders, they are spiritual leaders. You understand spiritual leader? They are governmental leaders. Okay? They are uh, what kind of leaders you have in the world? They are they are presidents, they are bosses, uh, leaders of uh, various companies, organizations, and all that, doesn't it? But when it comes to spiritual things, okay, when it comes to spirits, say spirits. Spirits. Like, (laughs) do you know Sunsumuyase? Yeah, when it comes to spiritual things, there are also leaders who God has designed. Okay? Yeah, to help you. And amazingly, you know, you may think that, oh, Spiritual things are not important. You'd be surprised that spiritual things affect you more than any other thing affects you. Yes. Spiritual things. Say spiritual things. Slap your neighbor and say, are you in the church? 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 You are in the church? Okay. Spiritual things. Say spiritual things. You see, the spirit affects you more than you think. The word spirit is from the Greek word pneuma. And pneuma is 
the name for air or wind. Okay? Now, do you feel some air blowing around you right now? Can you decide that you don't want air to blow around you? Can you decide that you stay in vacuum? Like you want to lock yourself up in a room that does not have air. What do you think will happen to you? After about five minutes, what do you think will happen to you? Eventually, you become what? You will not be there again. You become obituary. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, the spirit is like that. Do you see? Yeah. The spirit is like air. It's like wind. I mean, you cannot live without air. And whether you like it or not, air influences you, whether you, whether you believe in it or not. So you can, you can decide, oh, me, I don't believe in spiritual things. Like, I, I don't care. Life is just what I see. You were a big liar. And you were a big fool, actually. Your pastor is the one who said it. Hallelujah. You know? In First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, Paul said that, I pray that your whole spirit... Hmm? Let's, let's read the King James so that we, we see it. He says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you have you a spirit being. If you've seen a dead body before... One of one of uh, my my ladies in church who sings for me is attending a school, a nursing school now, and one of the first classes was in the mortuary. You know, one of the first classes, like first class mortuary. So they took them to the mortuary and they were doing some things, some anatomy, small anatomy for them to see. I mean, people were collapsing and all that because they've never, like, Charlie. It was a it was a very serious thing. Yeah. I think you should visit the morgue one of these days. You should visit the mortuary one of these days. You you'll, you'll become calmer. Like, you, it will humble you. You realize that you are, you are meat. You are just like goat meat or anything. The, the mortuary men, they don't treat you like... Like, there's no respect. They don't care whether you are from a rich home or whatever. I mean, they power the people on each other. Because the mortuary that was built for about 40 people now has about 200 people in it. Head to leg. So as your head is here, okay, another person's leg is on your head. And his head is on your leg. So someone's leg can be in your mouth. In the mortuary. Very easily. You must learn to respect people. So when you, when you see people moving around like that, like there's a probability that both of you will be in the mortuary. Well, his leg... Like that madman's leg can be in your mouth very, very easily. It's the easiest thing on it. Yeah. One day, let me tell you a story. One day, I used to work. I used to work in a in a school. I used to teach. I taught in a secondary school for five years. Yeah. I'm not a small boy. I'm. I'm. I'm I know. I know some one or two things. Hallelujah. Now there was a lady who was typing something in our. I used to teach chemistry and bio, and uh, science. So she was in the biology lab. The biology lab is just adjacent to the chemistry lab. So she was in the biology lab typing something. You know, there's a, there's a biology lab, there's a chemistry lab, then there's a physics lab, then there's a small office in between. So she was in the office area typing something for the biology teacher. She was typing. typing. We were all there talking. Then some of her, I left to go and teach. Another person left to go. So it was left with her alone typing. Whatever. When we came back, she was on the floor dead. Young girl, just dead, just like that. We don't know what happened to her, nothing. 
Oh, Charlie, like, play like, play. That lady was gone. So they carried her into a, a taxi and drove her to this Confanoche teaching hospital. When we got there, the way the mortuary men handled her, right in front of us, I was surprised. That was when I started having a change of heart. Yeah, because they dragged her on the floor briefly before us. It's like, man, like intro. They just did the intro for us. Like this young lady that we were with some few minutes or hours ago is just dead. And then her body's just been dragged on the floor just like that. Wow. So if you think that you are a body, so you just finish the body. Every time you, are, you want your hair cuts to be in a certain way, like you always... Like, like you are, you are suave, you know? You are into all kinds of things. You understand? What? Are you got a swag, man? Brother, your swag is nonsense. It's nonsense. Because if you die, you have left your body. Yeah. There are ladies who want to have, they want to have bigger breasts. Bigger bottoms. Bigger hips. Bigger, bigger lips. I mean, I was in the UK recently and there were some white ladies that we met. Beautiful ladies. Everyone's lips was looking like Kim Kardashian's lips. Like, like Kylie Jenner. Like their lips. Hey, everybody is injecting her lips with Botox. Do you know Botox? Yeah, Botox. There's, a, there's something called Botox. They inject and then it becomes puffed up in a certain way. And all of their lips are looking like As we're talking to you, yes. Because they just care about their body. But when you die, if you fall dead today, pump like that, this your body will be here. It will not go anywhere. It is just here. Actually, you are not a body. There's someone inside you that is animating you. That is causing you to look the way you are looking. And causing you to blink your eyes. There's someone causing you to blink your eyes. The eyes are still there when someone dies. But the person cannot blink. The person cannot see. The ears are still there, but the person cannot hear. You can see if someone was owing you and the person died. Forget it. It's finished. It's finished. I know a businessman who gave, he wanted to, this is, this is like 19, 1992. He gave a certain man $50,000 in 1992. He wanted to get into a certain business and that man was in that business. So he gave him the money to bring some goods. Before the man ordered the goods, the man died. He had a car crash and then died. And the man went to, the one who gave the money, went to the, the one who had died's wife. That, oh, I gave him $50,000 about two weeks ago. The wife said, I don't know what you're talking about. And that was the end. I mean, you can't, you can't take, he's gone. You can't take the money. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you are, you are a spirit being. There's someone who is causing you to see. And it is not your brain. It is not your mind. Do you understand? Because when you die, your mind too is there. It's, it's, it goes beyond that. There's, you are a spirit being. Say, I'm a spirit being. I'm a spirit being. Say it again. I'm a spirit being. Slap your neighbor and say, you are a spirit being. And you better become concerned about spiritual things. Tell your neighbor, you better become concerned about spiritual things. Yeah. Don't just be concerned about physical body things. The kind of food you are eating. The kind of clothes you are wearing. I mean, which kind of people you walk with. The what? 
the body cream you are using. How big your bottoms are. How small your breasts are. I know, I know a lady who held her breasts in the mirror and said, Who are tall, Lord? Who are tall? It's a true story. She said, Who are tall, Lord, who enjoy these breasts? Hey, what a shock. Who are tall? <laughs> I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body let me show you that you are not a soul too you are more than a soul so Romans chapter 12 verse 1 he says that I beseech you therefore brethren by the message of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice now if he was talking to your body he would not have told your body to present your body you get if I say I beseech you therefore that you present your shirts as a living sacrifice. It means that you are not your shirt. Yeah. And it is not the shirt I am talking to. I'm talking to someone who owns the shirt. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. So in this place, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the best of God, that ye present your bodies. So you are not a body. I've told you that. You are, you are more than a body. Yeah. Because if you are the body, he would have told you, he would have said, I, 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 I am telling you the body to give the body. But it's not the, it says you. Who is the you he's talking about? You present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then the next verse says that, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Have you seen it? It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your, meaning that your, the mind to you are not a mind, or you are not a soul. You are more than a mind, you are more than a soul. So who is he talking to? Who is he referring to to do the giving the body up and giving the mind up? He's talking to the spirit, the real you. So the, I mean, how many of you buy a perfume with the bottle in mind? Who goes to go and buy a perfume and then when you look at the bottle, like, ah, the bottle is nice. The bottle is looking sleek, so the content will be nice. Brother, you may have a bochi spray. You know a bochi spray. The VIP, VIP spray. <laughs> You'll be surprised. After, after two minutes gone, when she, she, she finished, the rest is just water. <laughs> if you are going to buy a spray, you consider the content, no matter how messed up the container looks like, the content is what makes sense. If, uh, my, my younger brother gave me a very, one of the most expensive perfumes in the world as a gift. But it was not in the container because they stole it from the company. Like the, the people who <laughs> work in the company, the thing is so expensive that you can't buy. So they just get other bottles and then they pour it inside and then they just release it like that. What a shock! So they just, I just got one and now I use it for some time. Hallelujah! You don't, call, it's not the bottle that we are looking at, we are looking at the content. Yeah, so if you're a human, if you are sitting here, you are just, it's just your body you are looking at. You, you, there's a problem. You want to have a V chest. Six pack. There's nothing wrong. The Bible says for bodily exercise, prophets little. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Hallelujah. It has some profit. You must exercise. But then it says spiritual exercise and spiritual training is of more use. Do you understand? That's first Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Yeah, it is of more use. You understand? Uh-huh. So how, how do you exercise yourself spiritually? 
how do you go about things of the spirit? You must find out. Because if your spirit is not doing well, your soul will not do well. And your body will not do well. Yeah. There are people who are just moving to like, listen, money is not, money is not, I've seen money before. There was a day I sat in, in the midst of people whose wealth together will be about $2 billion. Yes. About five people. Ghanaians, they are not foreigners, they are Ghanaians. Yes. Together, they were sitting together and I was sitting amongst them and they were talking and advising me as to what to do. I get that thing a lot. I started getting it very early in my life. Yeah. I met a rich man when I was just about 15 who had lived in the UK for a very, he had lived in the UK for 30 years as at that time. And you know, he's Ghanaian. And he had had, he had been exposed to the highest life that you can think about in the UK. He was, you know, when you live on a top floor, penthouse, I mean, you're a big man, isn't it? Now he could fly. So he lives on the top floor and there's a helipad on top of that top floor. So a, a helicopter takes him to the airport or to, to work or wherever he wants to go to. When he gets to the airport, there's a private jet that takes him. This is a long time ago. That takes him to, he, so what he was, he was a, he was a, he was a gambler. He was working a normal job, but then he was into gambling, serious gambling. He had so much money, but he didn't have wisdom to do anything in Ghana. Yes, serious gambling. So he would fly every weekend. Friday, he's in Las Vegas in America. You know, if you're a UK citizen, you don't need visa to go to America. You know, you don't need visa to go to America. All you need is your, your British book. You just move. You can go anywhere. I mean, you just move. Ghana, you have to try and get visa. But then you just, you just need a... That's why people fight over British book like that. You just fly over and just do what America to you just come. Yeah, you don't need any of those things. You know, and he would just fly and go and do things and come back on Sunday night. Monday morning is awake. That's what he was doing. Until he got a debt he could never recover from. His debt became so much that he couldn't recover from it. And that's at the time he was talking to me. He had he had no place to live in the UK. And had had to, he was sleeping on the streets and had to come to Ghana to be able to survive. Yeah, so he was in his big brother's house when I met him. Yeah, and he sat in he So he quoted the scripture for me. I had never seen that scripture before in my life. He said, he quoted the scripture, money maketh itself wings and flyeth to the heavens. I had never seen it before in my life. Money what? Maketh itself wings and flyeth. You think money is everything. Money will fly like this and run away. Yeah. So don't don't be into a life of I want money, I want this, I want no. Learn to feed your spirit. Learn to culture your spirit. Learn to find out how to raise your spirit. Because if your spirit man is raised, your spirit man will keep your your whole life for you. Are you in the church? Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, Proverbs 23:5. Will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Yeah. He says. Why will you set your eyes upon that which is not? It is not money is not, it's not something you depend on. Yeah. It is your spirit. The Bible says that if your strength fail in a time of adversity, then your, your, your spirit is weak. Something like that. Yeah. You must build your spirit up. That's, what, that's the most important thing. So he says that there are people who are leaders in the spirit. Like, their job is to lead you spiritually. Are you in the church? Yeah. Their job is to what? Lead you spiritually. Their job is to raise you. In the spirit, in the things concerning the spirit. That's their job. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So if you consider that your spirit is the most important thing or the most important part of you, then you will commit to making sure that aspect of your life is built very well. Yeah. Proverbs 24 verse 10. It says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Have you seen it? Your strength, your spiritual strength is small. Okay? There's another scripture that says... uh, your spirit will sustain you in the time of trouble. Something like that. The type spirit will sustain you. It's in Proverbs. I'm just trying to introduce what I want to say. Very well. So that it makes, makes more sense for you. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. This one. It says, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. Okay? The spirit of a man will what? will sustain his infirmity. It will sustain his trouble, like help him in his times of trouble. Then he says, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? If your spirit is wounded, if your spirit is not taken care of, who can bear? Are you in the church? So your spirit man needs to become very strong. You need to become wilder in the spirit. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8. Let's read it in the Amplified. 1 Timothy 4.8. Let me just try and make this thing clear to you. 1 Timothy 4.8. It says, For physical training is of some value. It is useful for a little. But godliness, spiritual training, is useful and of value in everything and in every way. Why? For it holds promise for the present life and also for the life which is to come. So it's like killing two birds with one stone. If you train yourself spiritually, you will do well here on earth, and then you will have benefits there in heaven as well. I mean, what is better than this? What do you think? Yeah. Eh? It says, but spiritual training is useful and of value in everything and in every way. In everything and in every way. It doesn't matter whether you're a business person or you're into fashion or you're into makeup. Whatever it is, spiritual training is useful and of value in everything and in every way. For it holds promise of the present life, for the present life and also the life which is to come. So you must be interested in spiritual training, spiritual raising, like to be raised spiritually, to be cultured spiritually. You understand? Uh Or else you, you, you are not going to have a certain kind of result in your life. Sometimes you hear someone say, the, Holy, the, the, the Lord spoke to me. Or God spoke to me. And then you wonder, ah, how did God speak to this person? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Have you ever asked yourself that question? There's a way God speaks to people. And you must be taught how God speaks to people. You, you must be interested. Because your maker, it's like, it's like a, a car that never goes for servicing. Or uh, 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 what else? You don't put water in the car as you're supposed to. Or you don't bath. You don't bath for for 10 years as a lady. As a lady, you don't bath for 10 years. Well, what do you think will happen? It's not, it's not a good thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you in the church? Do you know I'm preaching? I'm preaching to you. Cool. So when you are not really into the things of God, you are you are you are not your life is some way. Yes. You need it. And you need to be raised. <laughs> Ignore it and then you you just suffer. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So God in his wisdom has given us leaders, spiritual leaders, to help us. People to guide us. Look at First Samuel chapter, chapter, you know First Samuel is in the Bible. Chapter 3 from verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. King James, please. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time, when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim. Are you listening to me? Because I'm hearing people talking. I don't know what is going on. So just listen to me, okay? And there the lamb of God, verse 3, went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. And someone was laid down to sleep. Someone was sleeping before the ark of, ark of God. And whilst he was sleeping, that the Lord called someone, and he answered, Here am I. Okay? The Lord called someone. And you, you see, go, go to verse, verse 4. Verse 4. Then the, that the Lord called someone, and he answered, Here am I. I mean, someone calls you, what do you do? You see, here am I, isn't it? So someone said, Here am I. He answered the natural way. But then God was not, God didn't say anything. Look at the next verse. And he ran unto Eli. Samuel ran unto Eli, who was the prophet of the place, the priest of the place, and said, Here am I, for thou calledest me, or you did call me. And Eli said, Listen, I didn't call you, I called you not. Go and lie down, go and sleep. And he went and went to sleep. Then the Lord called again, next verse. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son. Lie down, go down, go and lie down. Go and sleep. <laughs> Nightmares. Now, listen on. Why do you think Eli, why do you think Samuel was continuously going to Eli? Why? Because it was Eli's voice that was being used to call him. God was using Eli's, God's voice sounded like Eli's voice. Now, you sometimes you say, oh, God is not talking to me. God is not saying anything to me. God is not. God does not just talk. God talks through with the voice of the man he has sent to you. That's how it is. That is why we tell you, open your ears and listen to messages. Because as you are listening to that message, revelation, God will speak to you. Sometimes you say, oh, God said to me. And then you're like, oh, well, how, did, how did God say to you? I was listening to the one who has been sent to me. As I listened to the word of God, I heard God talking that particular thing. So God was using Eli's voice. Now, someone did not yet know the Lord. He was serving the Lord's house, but he did not yet know the Lord. Neither, so you can be in the house of God and you still don't know the voice of the Lord. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's very common. That's why, you see, sometimes it's like, oh, we are talking too much. Oh, you listen to the podcast, do this, do this. It's like, oh, why are you worrying me like that? You don't know what you are losing. You don't know what you are missing. We know what you are talking about. So you can be serving. But then you are not really into hearing what is being said. And getting down to the thing and, and getting the word into your system. Now, someone did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Verse 8. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli. Why? Because it is Eli's voice. And said, he am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli, the servant of God, perceived. He knew that the Lord had called the child. He knew that this thing, it is God who is talking to the child. So look at the next verse now. There was just something small that someone needed to be taught by a human being. If he was not taught by a human being, he would not know how to hear God. Like what I'm telling you now. 
Therefore, Eli said unto Samuel, go, lie down, and it shall be if he call you. Thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. That was the end, though. This is all he needed to know. And God was not going to teach him directly. God was depending on the man to teach him. Are you in the church? God was depending on his spiritual ruler. On his spiritual leader to teach him how to respond to him. And he was taught. So when he went, so someone went and lay down in his place. Next verse, verse 10. And the Lord came and stood and called us at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, speak for thy servant heareth. And that was the beginning of Samuel's prophetic ministry. How was he lunging to it? By being taught the word of God. That is why if you, are not, if you don't expose yourself to be taught the word of God, by the one who has been sent from God to you, like I said in the morning, you are losing your ability to hear from God. You are losing all the opportunities you could have had. Now, God does not call someone more than three times. If he calls you three times and you don't hear, he will not come the fourth time. That is the truth. Check in the Bible. Jesus was praying. Jesus is God, remember? He was praying with the disciples. He prayed with them. First one hour, they slept. He went and came. Sec- first, second one hour, he went and came. Third one hour, when he came, he said, that sleep on. It's okay. The third time is okay. I will not go the fourth time. You, you finished. What was supposed to have been done is done. Yeah. That is why I said in the morning that there are seasons with God. And when you miss it, you've missed it. If you are not serious now, forget it. Don't say that I have enough time. You don't know when you are going to die. There's an expiry date on everybody. Everybody. You see, I used to, like I said, I used to pastor here. I had one of our church members sitting here. You were sitting by him in that video. I was, it was Cicero in conference. He was an elder in this church. He, he, you sit here. He, he, I think you were sitting here and he was sitting here. So whenever I come here in the video, you see him in the video. He's not alive anymore. God forbid you are going to be alive. You are crossing 70, 80, 90, 100. Yeah. He's not alive anymore. I'm sure when I was in the service and I was talking, he thought that he would be alive for the rest of his life. But was, that was not what had been planned. He had plans of getting married, of get, getting things, but it didn't work. When you go under a tree, you see green and brown leaves falling on the floor. Green and brown leaves are on the floor. So don't think that, oh, as for me, I'll be. No, 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 no. You have to be wise. Don't be foolish. I'm slain now, and then I'll do, I'll do what I'm supposed to do for God. I'll pray later. Let's slay today. We'll pray later. You were a joke. You were a joke. You were a joke. Let's finish the girls now. We'll be serious later. Let's have more body counts. You were a joke. You may not come back. You may not come back. Another young man who was sitting here, normally he always sits here around the side. He's also dead. He's not alive. I don't know if you remember him. You remember him. One of our church members, beloved. He didn't stay in the system for long. So, yeah. He's dead. Young guy. We don't know what he just died just like that. Just like that. Her church member. Young guy. We're always calling him, come to church. The day before he died, the night he died. He was supposed to, he was supposed to, he was supposed to be in church on Sunday morning. They were calling him, come to church, come to church. He was insulting them. And saying, I'll come. I'll come, I'll come. He never showed up, isn't it? That night he died. He went to booze in a club. And someone bashed a bottle. There was a confusion. Bashed a bottle and plunged it into his chest. 
and he went home because of the alcohol that adrenaline the alcohol was uh, anesthesia yeah so he went home to go and sleep with the bleeding and he slept and didn't wake up again when they when they went into his room in the morning he was lying in his own pool of blood yeah young guy he was in church right now i don't know whether he's in heaven or wherever he is like as we are talking it's like oh all these people they are just talking they are just brother sister i'll come later it is now it is now or never Eh? the bible says now is the accepted time Hmm? Now is the accepted time. Second Corinthians chapter six verse one. Look at Second Corinthians six one. If you hear the voice of the Lord, don't say, "Hey, tomorrow we'll do it tomorrow." When we then as workers together with Him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Next verse. For He said, "I have heard thee in a time accepted." There's a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I helped you. The word He called means help to help you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Now. No. So don't play. Don't dilly dally with things. Do you understand? Look at Romans chapter thirteen, verse thirteen. Romans thirteen, thirteen. Like sometimes when we are talking, oh, these people they are not serious. They don't know what they are talking about. What's all this? They are threatening us. They are saying things. Let's read from verse eleven so that it will make more sense. And that knowing that the time, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. This is the time to awake out of sleep. If you've been sleeping, this is the time to awake out of your sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than we be- when we believed. Now is our salvation. He's talking about the salvation of our body. The Lord is coming, whether you know it or not. The Lord can just come right now. It is nearer than you thought. And you see, he's talking in general terms. In other words, it can happen for you. When you die and go, it has happened for you. Yeah. The Lord has come for you. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. So it's either death or the rapture when we are all taken. Yeah. But whether you like it or not, it says this is the time. And that knowing the time, that now is the time for, to awake out of, for, of, of sleep. For now is our salvation here than we believed. Next verse. Verse, verse 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. The day, which day? The day of the Lord is coming. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Cast off the works of darkness. And put on the armor of light. Like enroll yourself in the army of God's light. Instead of engaging in dark things, foolish things, that will not bring anything. Let's read the, let's read the message of this verse. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when he first believed. We first believed. Next verse, verse 13. We can't afford to waste a minute. Must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence. In sleeping around. In sleeping around and dissipation, in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Let, let's read. Let's read the amplified. Let's read the. Let's read the amplified. Go to verse twelve. Go to verse twelve. The night is far gone and the day is almost here. Let us then drop and fling away the works and deeds of darkness. And put on the full armor of light. I think the easy English says, let's enroll in the, in the army of God. Something like that. Next verse. And let us live and conduct ourselves honorably. It is time to conduct yourself honorably. 
and becomingly as in the open light of day, not in reveling, carousing, and drunkenness. So there are Christians who are drunkards. There are Christians who are into reveling, hot parties. You say you're a Christian, you're into hot parties. He says, listen, you better cast those things off because the time is nearer than you thought. Not in immorality and debauchery, sensuality and licentiousness. Not in quarreling and jealousy. You're in the church and into quarreling and all kinds of foolish things. He says the time is coming. Do you understand? It's English. What does it say? From verse 12. The night has nearly finished and the day is almost here. So we must stop doing the things that belong to the dark. Instead, we must prepare ourselves like soldiers who are ready to fight in the light. Are you in the church? We must do what is right and good and honest. People who belong to the light ought to do those things. We must not go to bad parties. This is easy English for you to understand. Easy English. Are you in the church? Bad naked party, you are there. Yeah, we party, you are there. Shisha party, you are there. One day you will snip the shisha. And that will be the end. You will cough like this. Before you realize you are, you are out of your body. Tramor hmm. party. We must not go to bad parties. And we must not be drunks. We must not have sex with anyone who is not our, our own wife or husband. English. Eh? We must not have sex with anyone who is not our own wife or our own husband. We must not do wrong things with our bodies. We must not quarrel. We must not want to be like other people so much that we hate them. But instead, this is what you should be doing. He says, but instead, you should put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And stop thinking about any wrong thing that as a human person you may want to do sometimes. But clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe, enter the Lord Jesus Christ. Let your life be like Jesus' life. Because the time is finishing. It is not time for certain things, though. This is the time to be serious with God. Are you a young person? This is the time to be serious with God. This is the time to do things for God. This is not the time to get your bottles to become bigger and be chased. Have sugar daddies. You have a pot, a pot-bellied sugar daddy. Cast away the pots, cast away the sugar, cast away the belly. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It's like I'm preaching to some few people in the church. I feel like going home. I'm going home. I'm going home. You wonder if these things are in the Bible. They are in the Bible. They are in the Bible. They are in the Bible. And as your spiritual leaders, our job is to help you and raise you out of foolishness for you to enroll in the army of God. And become light and fight in the army of, of light. That's, that's our job. It says, but clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And make no provision for indulging the flesh. Put a stop to thinking about the evil cravings of your physical nature. To gratify his desires. We know that everybody has feelings. You think you're the only one who wants to have sex? Whether you are married or not. Ask your pastor, Margo, you are married. Have you ever, oh, hold on, serious. Have you ever seen anybody apart from your wife that you like now that since you got married? 
plenty times. So it never stops. Sit down, sit down, sit down. It never stops. You will marry nicely. You ask for sex from your wife, she will not give it to you. And another person out there will be the one, a strange woman will just be flinging her bottoms around you. What a shock. Mercy, Lord. To whom to? So, there are evil cravings. Everybody's aware. He says the way to cure that is to clothe yourself with Christ. Enter Jesus Christ. Like, be serious with the work of the Lord. Be serious with, with Jesus Christ for yourself. Hallelujah. So God gives us spiritual leaders. He says, obey them. Go back to that place. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Obey them. Because if you don't obey what we are talking about, if you are really our sheep, eh, when we say something, you will hear it. And you will do what we are saying you should do. But if you are actually not our sheep, you will see that your life is not... You are struggling. You will be in the church. We say do this. You will not be doing it. You will be doing your own thing. Hallelujah. Yeah, you will be doing your own thing. <laughs> Obey your spiritual leaders. What does it mean to obey? Can you give me the English definition? Like dictionary definition. When we say obey, obey something. Obey someone. In the morning, I spoke about the rulers, who they are, and what their duty is in your life. For instance, grace cannot come to you, okay, unless you receive the knowledge of God's word. Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 2. He says that grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? Through the knowledge of God and of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Eh? Grace and peace. Say grace and peace. Grace and peace. So grace. What is grace? Grace means God is helping you. The ability of God. Grace means favor from God. Now he says that favor from God and God helping you will come to you in multiples. Okay? How? Through the knowledge of God, through the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, like the more you hear about God and hear about Jesus, the more grace, is, grace comes to you. Now, guess what? In Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, he says, I will give you pastors according to my own heart who will feed you with knowledge. So, pastors, the, your spiritual leaders are there to feed you with knowledge. Why? What do knowledge do for you? Knowledge will bring you grace grace, ability for you to do whatever you are supposed to do in your life. Are you in the church? And then it will bring you peace. Peace of mind. You can have money and not have peace. Oh, I Charlie. Brothers and sisters. Like the one who has gone under the, under the, the, the river. When he comes to tell you that there's a crocodile there, believe it too. Yeah. I know some things. That's why I'm talking to you like this. So as we talk to you like this, as we release the knowledge of God to you, grace is coming. As I'm talking to you now, grace is coming to you. Peace is coming to you. The glory of God is coming to you. So many things that comes through knowledge. Yeah, so many things. Do you see? So if you don't obey what we are telling you, you can't have results. Like we are saying, do this. We sit down with you one-on-one -on -one and we say, do it like this, do it like this, do it like this. And you know, you don't do it. It's as though we're just advising you. You are insulting us in your mind even. Who is this person who does he think he, own, he owns my life? He's the one who gave birth to me. 
How long has it been since I met you that you are telling me that I should do this? I should leave the boy. Do you know when I started going out with this boy? Do you know how beneficial this boy has been to me? Even my mother does not tell me such things. My mother knows the boy and has not said I should leave the boy. He has not said I should leave that man who has taken care of me from secondary school. Now I'm in the university. He has taken care of me since GSS. You are coming to tell me I should leave him. No, what are you talking about? You don't understand. Yeah, your mother's voice, your father's voice, or someone else's voice is higher than your, your spiritual leader's voice. Yeah. yeah. That is why you have plenty of problems in your life. Plenty. Can I show you some things in the Bible? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. If you notice, I've not, I've not even started. Though. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 17. Uh, Amplified. It says, obey. What's the meaning of obey? Obey to do as ordered. To, to do, do as what? As ordered. To do as one is told. To do as one is told. To be restricted by instructions. To be restricted by instructions. Restricted by instructions. Don't do this one. Do it like this. If we are really people who have been sent from God to you, you will hear us. Yeah, you will hear us. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Yeah. If you are really a sheep, you will hear our voice. If you are not hearing, it means that there's something wrong. Yeah. Are you in a church? Yes. Let's read the King James of this. There's a particular word I want to show you. Obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourselves. So what does it mean to submit? When we say submit, what does it mean? Give us dictionary. Read your Bible with what? With a dictionary. Always have a dictionary around you. When you see a word, sometimes you think you understand the word, but you actually don't understand it. Even everyday English words are actually not understood. You don't really understand it. Uh-huh. That's why we are the way we are. We say we are English, we are, we are lying. You don't really understand it. Yes, read it, read it to me, please. To yield or give way to another. To yield to or give way to another one, another person. To yield to the person. To give up your opinions. To allow yourself to be defeated. To allow yourself to be defeated. Eh? Other designers will tell you to defer to, to defer your opinion to the person. Do you understand? Uh huh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because remember, they carry the blessings of God for your life. Let me show you. Go to Deuteronomy 21 verse 5. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the priests, the sons of Levi, shall come here. This is Moses talking, saying the word of God to the people. He says, the priests, the sons of Levi, shall come here. For them the Lord thy God has chosen. God chooses some people. Remember, he cho- I've told you already, he chooses some people. He brings some people closer. We all know God, but there are some people who know God. Yeah. You can read your Bible, you understand it. But there's understanding that is fed to you. Hmm? I'll give you pastors who will feed you with understanding. That's the truth. So he says, for, for them the Lord thy God has chosen to minister unto him and to bless in the name of the Lord. Their job, our job is to bless you. Now, when we say bless, what does it mean? What do you think, when we say God bless you, what does it mean? You see, don't understand it. But you're always saying it or you're receiving it. Huh. To bless means to bring ability into someone's life. For every aspect of his life. Wow. Like a full package. 
for the person to do well on every side of his life. Not to be weak in any way. Or to fall in any way in any aspect of his life. Are you getting it? Yes. To prosper. So, uh, there, was, there was a shed that was under construction in Accra. In, at Circle. I went there to go and visit the sites as we were building. And I was asking the, uh, the foreman questions. He's a pastor. So I was asking him. And then his senior pastor came and prayed for us and all that. As we, as we were walking around, I was asking him, so how is the money coming? Because they built their building in six months. Big cathedral that can seat about 2,000 people or 2,500 in six months. Like that. I said, so how, how does the money come? Then he said, oh, oh the companies around, the comp- there were companies around them. He said, they bring their money, they bring money to the church. Even though they don't attend the, the church, they bring money to the church for the building to be built. Because they realized that when they brought the first one, their business sought. So they, they started, so they, this one told this one, this one told this one, and that was how the church was built. Why? Because they were being blessed. Now, Bishop Oedipo also said something. Bishop Oedipo of Winnesha said something. He said that there, there, were some, there were some people who bring big, huge monies in sacks to the church. And they asked, ah, where, where, where are you coming from? He said, oh, they would say that, oh, our business is working. When, when we bring the money here, it works. So we are bringing more money. What? Yes. I don't know how, how it works, but I know that when I bring it, my business works. So they just bring their money there. Why? Because money, you see, when you go to the, the fetish priest, they'll tell you to put money down before they can say anything to you. When you put your money on the altar, it brings a contact to the altar. Yeah. yeah. And blessings just follow you. Like, we don't know what blessings are physically, naturally. Yeah. I don't know if you get it. Yeah. Blessings are a, a, a spooky, supernatural occurrence in someone's life. That makes his life just attractive. Yeah. And make everything that he does work. Yeah. The blessings of the Lord make it rich and added no sorrow. Like that's, that's, that's what the blessings of God does. It makes rich. It just makes you into what you are supposed to be. So he says that, listen, the priests have been chosen by God to bless in his name. So your spiritual leader is the one to bless you. Like when he, say, he says you are blessed, believe that you are blessed. Like don't, don't have a social type of uh, whatever relationship. Boys, boys type of relationship. That's not why we are here. Do you understand? Uh-huh. Now, how can you be blessed more and more and more and more? He says, don't frustrate them. Do your part. Go back to that place. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. You do your part. Do your part. How do you do your part? Be a correct child of God. Be a correct uh, 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 daughter of God. I don't know if you like what I'm saying. Look at this. It for the word for your soul, submit yourselves to them. For the word for your souls, as they that must give account. You see, our responsibility for your life is so much that even in heaven, when we go to heaven and we stand in heaven, we'll give account for your life in heaven. We that we didn't give back to you that you are insulting us. We are the ones who are supposed to give account for you. We are, you are telling us that we didn't give back to you. But we are the ones going to... Your mother will not give account for you. Your father will not give account for you. We will give account... Your mother is important. Your father is important. Don't, don't mistake. Don't, don't say... Who said that I said that your father is not important? Did I say... Is that, who is that one? Who is, who is it? Who said that? Where is the person who said that? He has gone out right now. Ah, he better stay out. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, you must give your parents money. It's very important. If you are giving your father 50 Ghana, is there something wrong? Change it. Someone, someone, one of our uh, uh, sons came to church. You know, he's in one of our branches in fire, fire away. So he came and I spent some time with him. I was saying that he's been sending his father uh, 100 cities every month. 
I said, you are being paid over 3,000 Ghana cities. I said, your father 100 Ghana cities. Increase it to 500 Ghana cities. Yeah, increase it so that he can be happy. Because he's so fair to take care of you. So what are you talking about? So I understand what you are saying. We are, I'm just elevating the spiritual leader in your life. Do you understand? He says, as they, because they, they must give account that they may do it with joy. They may do their ministry in your life with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. Not with grief. Like, let's read the Amplified. Amplified. Like when we think about you, then we are sad. Do your part to let them do this with gladness. With gladness. Like when we think about you, let us become glad. And not with sighing. When we think about you, hmm. Because we have been bestowing labor on you for months. Six months, one year, two years, three years. There's something wrong. Not with sighing and groaning. For that will not be profitable for you either. On that day, when they stand, they will say that when I spoke to the person, he didn't mind me. So I'm pure of the person's blood. Lord, his account is on himself. That's what they will say. Yeah. You're on your own. Nobody will say something for you. Nobody will present you. Nobody will say anything for you. Because you decided that your pleasure was more important than your spiritual development. It's like choosing pebbles. Like sweet pebbles. <laughs> Over diamonds and gold. Like you are choosing toffees. When there are diamonds and gold sitting by you. You are choosing Katia Boga. When there's diamond and gold by you. What you Katia? Do you know how much in Katia Boga the diamond and gold can buy for you? Can buy the whole company several times. Yes. It's only children who do that. Or only adults who have Chocomilo mind. Their mind is there's Chocomilo in their mind. Do you know Chocomilo? Or do you know Raikoshi Thomas? Raikoshi Thomas. Hallelujah. So, you have to become a correct child of God. An obedient child of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you can easily be a false brother or easily be a false sister. You can. It's the easiest thing on earth. Let me show you. You remember, we are talking about the rulers, false brethren, dangerous sons, and spots. Galatians chapter 2, verse 2. Galatians 2, 2. You can easily be a false brother because of your, your actions and the way you are. You can be a dangerous son or a dangerous daughter. You are a danger to us. You can be a spot in our feast of love. Yes. So I want to help you to avoid those things. Like become obedient. Avoid those things. Do you understand? Yeah. And I went up by revelation. Paul. Okay. I went up by revelation and communicated with them unto them that, that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. But privately to them which were of reputation. Lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. Next verse. Now, he's talking about Peter and those people. He says he went to talk to them about the revelation of God that he was preaching. Okay? But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. 
God. During those times, the false brethren were into getting people circumcised. Their, their message was that, listen, if you are not circumcised, you are not part of the gospel. You are, not, you are not a child of God. You need to be circumcised before you can become a child of God. So they can be sitting in church. As a preacher is preaching, then they'll hit you. You see, if you are not circumcised, you are actually not. You are not really. You are, you are, you are really not part of it. Okay? And they were destroying people's lives. Look at the next verse. He says, and that because of false brethren. Because of what? False brethren. False brethren on our brought in. Who came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ, that they might bring us into bondage. Now, this is what false, brother, false brethren do. False brethren come to spy out our liberty in Christ. They see how we hug in church. Stand up. So our liberty. Oh, God bless. Move around and hug everybody. Come, let me hug you. Wow. God bless you. Wow. God bless you. As we are hugging like that, false brethren will come in our midst. Okay? The opportunity has come. Stand up. Then they will hug. I mean, one, one lady in church called me and said, Pastor, this hugging thing, we must stop. Yeah, because someone hugged me eh, and brought my, my past back to me at once. My past just came to me at once because of the hug. Yes. He, she said that the guy hugged me and made her, put, he let his hand go to my back. To my almost to my bottoms. <laughs> sit down, you sit down, let me tell you more. Like false brethren, eh? False brethren come to spy out our liberty. You see how the ladies is like we all we are preaching, try and marry somebody in church. You know, so the, we have ladies in church who are growing, but they don't want to go out and marry out anywhere because they want to be in the house of God, be here. Because they feel that well, if, if I marry somewhere, I may not be able to serve God as I'm supposed to. So they are in the system. Then you have boys, some foolish guys who come around, and then they'll take advantage of that. Like they'll spy your liberty and bring you into bondage. Like people, people get to know people's past. You know that this lady has done two abortions before. You know that she has problems with sex. And you, a brother in the church, now starts taking advantage of that information that you have. Do you get it? You were a false brother. You were a false brother. There's something wrong with you. That is the job of a soul. It says they come to spy out our liberty, our joy, our enjoyment in the Lord, and how we are trying to help be, become something in the Lord so that they might bring us into bondage. What you were made free of because you met this person in church. Some people meet the, the one who will destroy them. I mean, the lady told me that the one who took my virginity was from church, was from the church. Yes. Not this church, from a certain church. Yes. Not, not, do you understand what I'm saying? Like the lady is now in this church, and she was telling me that the two people who have slept with her multiple times are all people who are church people. Like she met them in church. Fake brothers. Fake sisters. Fake brothers. Fake sisters. Did I tell you in the morning concerning the homosexual, whatever? Oh, did I tell you? Yeah. Oh, that's a, that, let me tell you the story. Let me tell you. I'll say it again. There's this church in Accra. 
Very powerful church. There were guys in the in the in the choir singing to the Lord. Not knowing the choir director was a homosexual. So when he sees you singing a certain way, then he, he, he gets you. Yeah, so he raped one of them. He actually, he actually, he was sleeping with three of them in the choir. Three guys in the choir. And he raped one, the, the third guy. And he got, and the guy goes like, ah, what is the meaning of this? Is this what I came for? So he went to tell the leaders of the church. When he went to tell the leaders of the church, the leader said, listen, there are other people like that who are here. And you just have to keep quiet about it. Yes. In fact, the leaders were actually part of it. Yes, they were part of it. And it's a cartel there. Oh, yeah. In the church. In the church. And apparently, they flash their colors in the church. Like, as they are giving announcement, they flash their color to let those who know about it to know that we are here. Yeah. Meaning, they are in the church. They don't want to change. So, false brethren are people who are in the church who don't want to change. Let me show you a scripture. Go to Acts chapter... Acts chapter 20, verse 28 and 29. This is Paul talking. Paul was talking to the, the he, he gathered his leaders and he was talking to them. Then he said, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock. Like, be careful unto yourself and to all the flock, the people that you are taking care of. Over that which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. To feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this. He says, feed them well. Because I know this. That after my departing, when I go away shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. So there are grievous wolves in the church. Grievous wolves. What what are wolves there for? Wolves and sheep do not exist. Wolves are there to destroy, to kill, to eat the the flesh of the the lamb. Do you understand? So even though we are in church, you will see wolves around. Wild wolves. I mean, there's a church somewhere that I know. If you misbehave, someone will just sleep with you right now. And they're in church. Everybody's in church. When you mention, they say, oh, no man, no, no man after the flesh. Yes. Licentiousness, like, they are, they are misconstruing the word of God for something else. False brethren, false. You see, the Bible says, beware of dogs. You, I'm coming. I'll show you that one. Go to verse 30. Go to verse 30. It says, also, of, apart from the grievous wolves, it says, also from among your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Now, don't think that they are, they are, these are people who want to break the church. No. We are talking about people who want to give their ideology to people to do what they are doing. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So, he's a criminal. Oh, I, mean, I was talking to... Uh, I talk to people. And I talk to older people. So I can learn. You get it? I visited this older person who is a very wild person in a certain church, very popular church. And she said, well, one day something really surprised her because there was this gentleman who was leading in the church, doing all kinds of things in the church. One day he was, they saw his face in the newspaper in Ghana. He was an IGN. They saw his face in the newspaper, his face in the newspaper here in Ghana that he was smuggling weed from Ghana to Nigeria. He was, he's a leader in the church. What he was doing was that he was a weed smuggler. He plants the weed and smuggles it from Ghana to Nigeria consistently. So on one trip, they caught him. And right now, he's in prison. Right now, you are talking to him, he's in prison. Yeah. False brother, he's in the church. But he's not allowing the word of God because he doesn't believe in the pastor. He doesn't believe in the word of God that we are talking about. He doesn't believe in eternal life we are talking about. We don't really believe. As we are talking, your, your heart is becoming more and more callous. 
you should watch your heart. You have to watch your heart seriously. Like if you realize that as the, they, they are talking to me, they are sharing with me, they are helping me, but it's not doing anything to me. You should go and fast and talk to God. God, help my heart. I, I need help. There's something wrong with me. They are counseling you. They are visiting you. They are following up on you. They are preaching the good word of God from the pulpit to you. Yet it doesn't do anything to you. Your, your, your day of uncovering is coming. The day when you're uncovered and the day when grace leaves you, you'll be surprised. Remember, Ananias and Sapphira died in the house of God. Don't joke with the Holy Spirit. Though. Don't joke with the ministry of the Spirit. Do you understand? Huh? Be wise. He was selling we. He was selling we. Leader. We've had people who are, who are in church. They are prostitutes. You were a church member and you were a prostitute. What do you mean? What do you, why are you not allowing them? And it's not that you've not, you, are, um, you see, there are people who just, listen, we have people who came to church as we smokers. Yeah. I have someone who was a drug dealer. I have, we have, we have, a, we have an, an, an arm robber. When we were ministering to me, he had, he had a gun on him. He had a gun in his pocket. He had gone to do robbery, transnational arm robber. He was, yeah, he was moving from, he was moving from Mali through Ghana to Nigeria. And he was met in the middle in, in Ghana. Yeah. Like, no matter how you came into the church, it makes no difference. But don't stay there. Don't remain there. That is not what church is for. Three years, two years, one year, you are just the same way as you are. When the world, even worse, even worse, and you can boast about it proudly that, yes, I did it. Yes, I did it. And so what? Yeah, I have someone who, do, who said that. Yeah, someone said that to you. Yes, I did it. I did it. What happened when you went to my slept with three girls? Yes, I did it. Yeah. Proudly. Yes, I did it. You were a wolf. You were a false brother. You were a false sister. Also of your own selves. So, you see, the, the sad thing is that you are educate people, educate people in a church. Like they become friends with people. Conversations. As someone is telling you that, oh, I used to be this. Some people are proud about their past. Oh, yeah. About their past. We've had that. People are proud about their past lives. Oh, me, Charlie, then I did, I did, I did Charlie. Uh, Charlie, Charlie, me, I did, I declare people, wow, Charlie. Then, so, and then they make an innocent person who does not have that past begin to want. It's like, you don't have a story. We have a story. You don't have a story. So now you, too, you must have a story. Create your story. So we have people who were, they were fine. Everything was okay. Everything was okay. Everything was okay. Two years, three years, they were saving people, bringing people to the house of God. They stabilized them. Then all of a sudden, bam, there's a change. Why? Because some people sow some false brothers, sow some seeds to draw them away. He says, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them, making people disciples. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It's a dangerous thing. You were false brother. You were false sister. Philippians chapter 3 verse 2. Look at Philippians 3 2. I don't know if you like my message because if you are actually listening to the word of God that we are telling you it will change your life if you are allowing the ministry of the spirit to come to you it will change your life if you will believe in the word of God just believe in the word of God I don't, there are so many things to tell you I don't know if I should go and when I'm talking I just want to pass here because like if I pass here it will be a long journey but Look at this. It says, beware of dogs. Beware of what? Dogs. When we say, when you, when you are passing 
uh, you, are, you are driving or you are walking on the road and you see a house with that, beware of dogs. Are they telling you to beware of the dogs on the streets? They are not telling you to beware of the dogs on the streets, isn't it? They are telling you to beware of the dogs where? Inside. Inside. So there are dogs inside. Not outside. There are dogs inside. The so as a child of God, you must be wise. Do you understand? Yes. You start fellowship with somebody, you realize that the person, the, the life is not correct. Just throw yourself away. Negative things. He's talking bad about your pastor. He's saying something bad about the church. He's saying something bad about somebody. Draw back. That person is not going to help you. Because he's a dog. That is a big dog. He will bite you and destroy your life. Beware of evil workers. There are evil workers in the church. Beware of their concession. Those who are mutilators, those who want to cut away some things from your life. The word concession is those who are into circumcision. Remember, I told you that the first brethren at that time were into circumcision, were preaching circumcision. That's why he, he majored on that. But as time has gone on, there are other scriptures I can show you, and I'll show, I'll show them to you ne- tomorrow. For you to see the danger of being a false brother, and the danger of being a false sister. Yeah, dangers. Beware of, beware of the concession. Beware. Say, I refuse to be a false brother. Let your life rather bring people up in the Lord. Like your life, your presence should build people up. Not bring them down. Build people up. Do you understand? Let your presence in people's life, in the people in the church's life, build them up. Don't let your presence destroy someone's life. If your presence is destroying someone's life and making someone go down, because of your presence, someone, is a, someone has developed jealousy. Someone has become a gossip because of you. Someone has become bitter because of something you said or did not say or something you did or did not do. No. It always says, oh, no man, no, no nothing. Save to love. We must allow the love of God to flow amongst us. That's, that is what it means to be a child of God. Yeah. I'm not criticizing and saying things. You gang up, divisions. First Corinthians chapter 11. First Corinthians 11, 17. Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that you come together not for the better, but for the worse. Like your gathering is not for the better, it's for the worse. Your gathering together is not for the better, but for the worse. Why? Next verse. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you. And I partly believe it. This is Paul talking to his church. It says, when you come together, I hear that there are divisions. So we are the big bottom ladies in the church. These ones are this one. We are the we are the nicest ladies. What kind of nonsense is that? What kind of foolishness? You were false brother, you were false sister. We are the educated people in the church. Your mother, who, who said you are you are what? You are what? We are the high class people. I heard a sister say that in church. Yeah, it, it wasn't in my presence. I mean, normally they will not. When you see me, because I'm your father, you will behave in it. You behave nicely. In my absence, then you do your things. Yeah, nice sister. Then we were having a meeting, and then she said, "You see, those of us who are of the high class in the church, those, those of us who are of the high class, we can't mingle." Ah. When I heard it, I I got so furious. I traveled to go and correct her. Her pastor corrected her, but I also traveled to just go and correct her and tell her my peace of mind, and came back. Yeah, you are high class. Someone is low class. If you've noticed that, there's something in life. All those who are high class don't marry early. 
or never marry? If you make yourself a high class lady, know that you are not going to marry now. Yeah. yeah. You understand? Yeah. You will not, the guys, they are not fully sure. They know what is going on. They know. If you are going to be doing yourself high class, I'm high class, I'm whatever. We are, they are afraid of you. They are afraid of you. They are afraid of you. They know that when they come, you bounce them. So they will never come. When you, when you turn 38, you will see that you have to change your class. You have to just change your class. Humble yourself. And let's marry you. Hallelujah. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. Here, look, listen. For there must be also... It says, because there are divisions amongst, amongst you and party spirits amongst you, there must also be heresies among you. Like things that you cannot even think about. Heresies among you. And it is like that so that we may... That they which are approved may be made manifest among us. Yeah, when those things, false brothers, all, then we see those who are real. Yeah. I got somebody who watch you like, ah, this person, why? You are coming to church Sunday. You are coming to church on Wednesday. Prayer meeting. Yet nothing is happening to you. We are not into rituals. So like, we, we, it's not about having people around. We are, that's not what we are interested in. You know? If we wanted people, there are things we can do to have people in the church. Do you understand? Yes, I know things. I, 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 there are... They are Ministers have sat with who are into crowds. Who will tell you what to do for crowds to come. But that's not what we are looking for. We are not looking for crowds. We are looking for an army. We want to build an army for the Lord. That's what we are looking for. An army of righteous people. So where we tell you that you are the righteousness of God. And you make nonsense of it. You make nonsense. One day I was, I was praying and God, God told me that, listen. When, we preach, when you preach about who you are in Christ. You are talking about my most treasured inheritance what i purchased with my blood so don't don't let talk to your people to let them know that it is my most treasured inheritance what i purchased my if someone used blood his blood to buy something for you will you take that thing for granted so we teach you about about righteousness and now it is the tool for licentiousness i want whatever i do god has forgiven me it is not true it is not true so now you take advantage of the word of God. You take advantage of the grace of God. You understand? Huh. There's something called failing of the grace. You can fail of the grace of God. And if you fail of the grace of God, it's in Hebrews chapter 12. Eh? You can look for it. Hebrews chapter 12, I think there's about, about Cain. I'm supposed to talk about all those people. About Esau, rather. You can just easily fail of the grace of God. Hmm? Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. It says, don't take the grace of God in vain. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. You can receive it in vain. It will not do anything in your life. I want to talk about righteousness. Eh? Eh, eh, what else? Eternal life. It's like it's nothing. Well, this, we've heard it. We've heard it uh, if it had done anything in your life, we would have stopped preaching it. It hasn't done anything. In you. your, your life is speaking against the, the presence of eternal life in you. Yeah. Look, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. He says, looking diligently, lest, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest at any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Many can be defiled because of the root of bitterness. Because they failed of the grace of God. Look at the next verse. Verse 16. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one muscle of me sold his birthright. 
That, that is a dangerous son. Let's, so let's now start talking about the dangerous sons. I was talking about the rulers, right? Yeah. The rulers and their responsibility in your life. Yeah. Listen, listen, to the, listen to us. Oh. Brothers and sisters, listen to us. Okay? Yes, when we call you and say, ah, change this one. Be in church. Don't say, ah, what's, what's all this? I don't give back to me. Don't say, so, don't say those things. It is God who is trying to help you. God is helping you. God is helping you. It's the mercy of God that is revealing to you through that man, through that person. Don't joke with an invitation. Come for this meeting. It's like, oh, it's like, I was all the time. We're having meetings. We've stayed here for a long time. Why are they not closing? If you're watching an Indian movie, it wouldn't have been a problem. You're wasting your life on unnecessary, unnecessary things. You watch what? You watch all the music with the songs inside the movie. Learn the dance. Now, all the people I'm going to talk about are people who were in the house of God in the day when they were alive. The first person I'm going to talk about is Cain. So we are talking about dangerous sons. There are people who are around, but they are dangerous people. Dangerous people. They are not loyal. You are not loyal to God. You are not loyal to the, the man of God that he has sent to you. You are not loyal to the church. You are not loyal to the brethren who are around you because of your behavior. Cain. Do you know Cain? What did Cain do? Cain killed his brother. Now, before he killed his brother, he was disobedient. Now, in, in Genesis chapter 4, from verse 1, the whole of Genesis chapter 4, you see the stories concerning Cain. Okay? Cain was the first son of Adam. The very first son. Remember, Adam is, is, was created by God. And Adam was in the presence of God. Now, when Adam sinned there, God told him what to do to come back to him. He taught him concerning sacrifice. You see? Because if you read in Genesis chapter 3, let me show it to you. I thought I wouldn't have to say these things, but as I'm talking, it's coming to me that I should say it. So let me say it to you. Genesis chapter 3. From verse 21. Genesis 3, 21. This after Adam had partaken of the fruits. The earth was the ground was cursed for his sake. God didn't curse Adam, he cursed the ground for his sake. Initially, the earth would just produce fruits on its own without any planting. Because God, if you read in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, God planted seeds in the ground already. There were seeds planted. So there were seeds of purple, seeds of watermelon, seeds of everything. Nice, beautiful things were planted in the earth. And all Adam needed to do was to till it, till the earth. As he tills the earth, the things will just grow. So there was no need to plant anything. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. The earth on its own bore nice fruits. You will just see plantain coming out. You will see cassava coming out. Everywhere you go, you will see nice things, fruits, whatever it is that you wanted. You see it anywhere, everywhere. There were no weeds in the earth. The earth did not bring forth weeds or bring forth thorns. There was nothing like that. When Adam sinned, then God cursed the earth for Adam's sake. And said that thorns and thistles shall the earth bring forth for you. And out of the sweat of your face shall you eat. So Adam now had to plant. You have to, because when the earth, if you leave the earth there like that, okay, what will happen to it? To just bring forth weeds, thorns, thistles, inkase, 
Do you know Nkase? Nkase. To bring thorns and thistles. But that was not the original state. Because the earth is cursed, now we have to struggle for food. I work hard for just something small to eat. And something small to clothe yourself with. And a place to sleep. Hallelujah. Then, when Adam, because Adam has sinned, God cursed the ground and everything. Now, the next thing after, after God has spoken to Adam and Eve concerning what they did and all that, was that unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord make coats of skins and clothed them. Now remember, when Adam and Eve sinned, they went to take fig leaves and cover themselves. Adam realized that he was naked. They had the glory of God with them. When they sinned, it was taken away. And they saw that they were naked. Then they made themselves fig leaves. That is why when Jesus came on earth, he cares only one thing. He cares a fig tree. Because the fig tree and its leaves represents man's works. Adam was using his own works to please God. Do you get it? Uh huh. So God cursed. Like there's nothing that can please me in this thing, in flesh. In trying to use your own ways to please me. It's not going to work. Are you getting it? So God did something. Now he, he clothed them with coats of skin. And how did he get the coats of skin? If you want to get a coat of skin, you need to kill an animal, isn't it? So this is what God did. God killed an animal and used the skin to clothe Adam and clothe Eve. In other words, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. If blood does not pour, you cannot be clothed. Remember, they had lost the glory of God. God was clothing them again with glory. How did he use that? How did he do it? He used animal skin to do that. But before that, he must kill the animal and take the skin and clothe you. How do you forget it? Yeah. Huh. So a dispensation or a time called the time of sacrifice began. Okay? Yeah. Now, if you, if you... So God showed them how to come to him. If you want to come to God, you need to kill an animal and come to him. This was then. Now, when Adam gave birth to his sons, Cain and Abel, he taught them how to be pleasing to God. The way to be pleasing to God is to sacrifice, to kill an animal. Okay? Now, in Genesis chapter 4, so Adam was always teaching it though. He's teaching them this particular thing, this particular principle from the word. Do it like this. He, is, he was your spiritual ruler and he was showing them, do it like this. Do it like this. That's how you need to, you need to do it. Now, Abel, Abel, he has an it. So when it was time to come to God, what did Abel do? The Bible says that Abel sacrificed a lamb of his firstlings to God. And it was pleasing and acceptable to God. What did Cain do? Cain brought of the fruit of the cursed ground. He didn't bring rotten tomatoes. As we were taught. He didn't bring, it was not rotten, there's nothing rotten about it. You can read it for us, Genesis chapter 4. It was not rotten tomatoes. God was not angry because it was rotten. No. It was good fruits, good whatever. But you cannot use fruits from the ground to please God. You need the shedding of blood to please. That is the instruction that God gave. But he wanted to do it his own way. So when you go, it's called the way of Cain. The way of Cain begins by your disobedience. Like when we, when we share the word of God to you, it's like it's nonsense. You get it? Yeah. That's what I preached to you in the morning. He says, if you ignore my word, Proverbs 13, 13. Look at Proverbs 13, 13. Message. Are you tired? No! Can you read this to me? One to go. Read it again. And grow rich. Read it again. One to go. 
Ignore the word and suffer. Hmm? Cain ignored God. If you read in Jude chapter 1, you see it's called the way of Cain. They have gone the way of Cain. Cain was a disobedient child. He knew the truth. Just like you know the word and you intentionally put it away. What was all this? You know. You know the word of God. Because you have been hearing it. And when you are going to do that wrong thing, the Holy Spirit is talking to you from within. This one. Stop it. Employ my grace to help you in time of your need. If the Holy Spirit is talking to you, then you will just ignore it. And do what you want to do. And then you say, I'll ask for forgiveness later. You know what you are doing. You know. You get it. You know. You are getting into danger. You are a dangerous son. You are walking on dangerous grounds. And you don't know. King Abel honored the word of God. And did what the word of God wanted him to do. The first time. But King disobeyed. Ignored. He ignored it. What's all this? Well, I'll do it the way I want to do it. It's nice for me. I like it. I will do it. It's something I enjoy. <laughs> Jude one eleven. It says, "Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain." Have you seen it? Yeah. It's called the way of Cain. The way of Cain begins with disobedience, ignoring the word of God, and doing what you want. Then the second aspect of the way of Cain is killing those or destroying those who are obeying God. So Abel obeyed God. And Cain killed him because he was angry that his wife was not responded to by God. He was just angry. That's why I said that mine was not accepted. But that is not what God said. God didn't say we should do it like this. He said we should do it like this. So, the way of Cain is making your, putting your own standards like this is what I will do to please God. Whether God likes it or not, he should just find his own level. <laughs> yes, God should find his own level. And if God says, no, I don't like what you are doing, you will now start, I like what this one, one did, you will now start to destroy the one who did it the way God wants to do it. So now, you see, there are people who, church members, who insult pastors. I don't know if you've seen some before. Who are talking about men of God. Insulting those who give tithes. You won't give the tithe. Someone is giving the tithe, and you are insulting the person. And convincing others not to. Someone is giving their seed. You will not give your seed. The person is giving their seed. Now you are criticizing. They like money. money. Let's give it to the poor. You are saying all kinds of things. You are talking like you are mad. (laughs) You are a disobedient child. But you will not stop at that. Now you want to have people to follow you. You want to criticize and kill. You don't know anything. You know, you don't know anything. If you if you knew how I do it, you would have done it the way I do it. Why do you think we should do it the way you do it? When it is there's a laid down principle in the world that this is how we do it. I don't give ten percent. I give one percent because that's what I'm being led to do. Oh, kissing is not a problem. Kissing is not a problem. Me, I kiss and I smooch. We do everything apart from putting the penis into the vagina. My fingers can go there. Everything can be okay. But so, so long as we are not putting our pen, the penis to the vagina, it is not sex. Stop looking at me like what I'm saying. Inside, inside. 
So we'll do everything. So uh, you are a disobedient child. Though. You have you have now developed your own interpretation of fornication. Yeah, your own interpretation of fornication. We'll marry anyway. So what's the point? You've developed your own theory about stealing. Yeah, about stealing. Oh, oh, listen. You were a thief. A thief is a thief. Oh, when when they give it to me, and they say I should sell it at hundred Ghana cities, I sell it at one twenty Ghana cities because I want more profit. Meanwhile, the thing the hundred cities has your profit of thirty cities inside, but you want to make fifty cities profit, so you sell it at one twenty cities. Do you get it? It's just I'm just being a businessman. I'm just doing sharp things. That's why you will not prosper. You were a wicked person. Yeah, you were a wicked person. And so, you see, someone had to sweat for the extra 20 to pay for that thing. That you are. But you have defined, no, it's nothing. there's nothing wrong. You know, you just, you decide, like you decide. Cain decided. There's nothing wrong with this. And she, he was expecting God to accept it. Accept it like that. Ah, what? Seared conscience. Like you have done the thing, it's not a problem. So now you're educating people. You're educating people. And if they say no, this person is a terrible person. He's whatever. He's this, 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 this. You are dumb. That's why you never go forward in your life. Oh, you criticize. You don't know what's up. You are criticizing people, insulting them for not going your way. I seen that guy, Cain. That's 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 Cain for you. The way of Cain, disobedience, forming your own line. This is how I'm going to do it. This is my philosophy in life. Are you in the church? Let me let me say what I have to say. This is my philosophy of, in life. This is what I want. You, what you want. It's not about what you want to. Just imagine if your car was doing what it, is, it wants to do. When you want to turn it to the left, it says that, no, I'm turning to the right. Meanwhile, there's a tipper truck coming from the right. What are you going to do? So you're a child of God. You want to do it the way you like, not the way God likes. You've forgotten that when you said Jesus should, should come into your life, you said that he should be the Lord of your life. Do you understand Lord? Lord means lead me. Owner of my life, lead me. The children of Israel were led to the desert with the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. They were led. You couldn't go anywhere until that cloud moves or that fire moves. When it moves, you can be sleeping and then it will start moving. What do you do? You move, you move with it. You don't say, oh, ah, why also? We say do quiet time. We say do quiet. You don't want to do quiet time. You want to use your own way of doing things. Five minutes is too long. That is a dangerous son. You are danger to us. Because in your disobedience, you want to affect others. And destroy others. You are the ones who kill. They, you kill the brother that is correct. Yeah. You seduce the brother. I just had, had a story like that. Yeah, a sister in the church somewhere in a certain church that begins with a K. You can think about it. I don't know which one you think. Trapped the brother. Yes, she trapped the brother and forced the brother to have sex with, him, with her. You know, in your disobedience, you will not stay in your disobedience. So you want to affect others yeah. I must make him for, so you are now an agent of the devil 
Yes. So Cain became an agent of the devil. Used to destroy someone's life. In the church. They were all in the church. They were all in, they were all in Adam's church. Yeah. Adam had to go and look for another church member called Seth. Yeah, Pastor Adam. Branch Pastor Adam. You like my message? Then the second person. So I'm talking about sons. Dangerous sons. Like what you can become. You can, this is what you can become in a church. You are in a church, but you can become this. We talk about eternal life. Oh, Charlie, the way the pastor even preaches, it's not really powerful. You should hear this way. You should hear this one from here. The way is what? The way he's even coughing does not show that he has eternal life. He had eternal life. It will not, he will not be coughing. Hey, what a shock. The next person that in the church that also made a mistake and became a foolish person is Ham. Ham was in Noah's church. Ham. Did you know Ham? Um, <laughs> Genesis chapter 9 from verse 19 no from verse 18 and the sons of Noah that went forth of the ark were Shem and Ham and Japheth and Ham is the father of Canaan next verse these are the three sons of Noah and of them was the whole earth overspread next verse and Noah began to be an husbandman or a farmer. And he planted a vineyard. A vineyard is a, 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 a yard of vines. Or something that you can get wine from. And he drank of the wine and was drunken. And he was, un, he was, and he was uncovered within his own tent. So he planted a vineyard, got vine of it, and got wine out of it. And then drank, got boost in his own room. Is that a bad thing to do? Whether you think it's bad or not, makes no difference. So, the, this kind of a son is a son who exposes his father, okay? Finds fault with his father and exposes that fault. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, what leads to that? What leads to finding fault with your... Right, listen, the anointing is contained in human beings. Yeah. I'm a man. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. Every pastor is a man. Every prophet is a man. If you want to criticize a pastor, it is the easiest thing on earth to criticize a pastor because he's a human being. You will have you will see faults. You will see that he's making some bad decisions. You will see that he has problems. You will see it. It's just like that. But don't join the group that talks about men of God. Like you just open your mouth and then you talk. This person is like this. Obinim is like this. Bishop Dag is like this. Listen, leave them. We know if you don't want to watch those people. I don't, I don't, I have multi-TV, but it's off. I don't watch multi-TV anymore. I watch DSTV. I, I prefer watching TV and Faith, Faith Network and those things. I don't watch all these opinion and all those people. Because I don't want to criticize them. Lest I criticize a man of God. Because I don't know if the person is from God or not. I can't, how can you tell the person is from God? Huh? By their fruits you shall know them. So if their fruit is not correct, you can say, oh, this one is not from God. Then you block the person out and then follow the one you're supposed to follow. But don't be criticizing. Do you understand? Uh-huh. Don't don't say things like you see a video and then you are sharing. You share. Hey, hey, have you heard this one? Have you heard this one? Hey, this person said. This person said that. Please, I beg you. Hey, you see, you are destroying a lot of people's lives because you don't understand. When Miriam criticized Moses for Moses, Moses married. Moses had a lot of marital problems, serious marital problems. When Moses was going to go and 
delivered the children of Israel. His wife did not go with him. As they were on their way, God, the Bible says, God sought to kill Moses. And Miriam was surprised that God was going to kill Moses. Why? Because Moses had not circumcised one of his sons. So Miriam realized that that was the reason why God was, the, 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 the husband was dying and things was happening. So she cut the flesh, she circumcised the boy and threw the flesh at Moses' feet and said that you were a husband of blood unto me. That's what she said. You get it? Hmm. And Miriam, uh, uh, sorry, what's, what's her name? Was I mentioning Miriam's name? I'm sorry, Zipporah, Moses' wife from Midian said that she's not going to go again. So she didn't go. She took her sons and went back to her father. So all the things that Moses did in Egypt, all the frustrations, all the things, there was, she was not there. And Moses could not have sex in, in Egypt. With all the frustrations that was happening, he did not have any comfort at home that he would come home and his wife would be there comforting him and all that. There was, there was nothing like, yes! Frustrations all over with beautiful sisters around, but he didn't touch anybody. Then, later on, Moses' father-in-law realized that, Charlie, if he doesn't do something, the marriage is going to end. So he brought Zipporah and the sons to Moses in Genesis chapter 18. Moses had to tell them of all the wondrous things that God had done with them because they had no idea. They were not dead. That is why Moses' children were not used by God. None of Moses' children were used by God. Aaron and his sons were rather used because they were all there when everything was happening. They saw they were going through the sea together. They were there together. Do you understand? Yeah. Huh. Now, Moses married again, married another person. And he married a black woman who was not part of the church. What was the name of that woman, Kara? She was an Ethiopian. The Bible says she was an Ethiopian woman. Huh. A black woman. And Miriam and his brother Aaron started talking. Is this not what God has said? How come you are the man of God and you are the one making the mistake? God says you should choose from amongst us. Look at what you have done. You are not being a good example. They were talking against Moses. As they were talking against Moses, God appeared and said that, listen, I speak to other people in shadows and all that, but when it comes to this man of God, I talk to him mouth to mouth. Were you not afraid to talk about him? God got angry with them. Moses had done the wrong thing, go. But God got angry with them for talking about him. And when God turned in anger to go away, Miriam became leprous. All those who criticize men of God for things they have done, like things they have done, not things they have not done, things they have done. When you hear that man of God is having a problem, it is an opportunity for you to be set on high or brought low. You hear the Archbishop is, divorce, uh, is divorcing his wife. Hey, what's all this? That Archbishop who is this? He's preaching about marriage. How we should stay with our wife? Look at what he's doing. He's divorcing his wife. Be careful. Pastor Chris, I thought he was a man of God. Look at how his wife is behaving and his wife has left him and all. Benny Hinto, look at how. You are cutting yourself from the anointing. You are cutting yourself from the power of God. You are cutting yourself from all that God could do in your life. Through these men. That is what you are doing. You are bringing curse into your life. Don't be a dangerous son like that. You see, the amazing thing is that they, a dangerous, I'm not talking about their problem or your problem. Or the fact that you are affecting others with it. Because in all the cases, they affect everybody. They affect the next person. When Ham saw his father's nakedness, he went to call his brothers, Japheth and Shem. Come and come. He took 
he took he was doing facebook live with his father's nakedness look at it look at look at my father he says rachel my old boy look at look at him oh boy is boozy man he took pictures took pictures selfies of his father and posted them to his brothers look at look at it that's the problem that is the problem okay like trying to you have a problem you need help but you now want to affect others with it that's the that is what i'm talking about and what is the root of all this it's called forgetfulness those who forget Ham had forgotten how that this same man who is now who has boost is the one through whom he was saved. He was he's alive because of this man. Because at that time everybody in the earth had died. Everybody, there were only eight human beings left, and he was one of them. And he was alive because that father that is boozing today is that was the one who built heard from God. He didn't hear from God. His father heard from God and built an ark and saved him. With his wife and gave him a life he forgot so if you're a child of god and you are into forgetting what your, fa- your, your pastor has done for you you for you have forgetfulness all the hours all the time that we sat down with you and spoken to you you want to sometimes i can meet people in the oddest places you can think about i can be driving eh? i can be driving and i can get the call that uh, someone wants to see me i'll just move there it's not on my road though i've met people at vip stations for counseling, VIP station at 8 p.m. for counseling. Yes, I meet people at hospitals for counseling. At dawn, I meet people for counseling. Talking to them. Okay, do it like, do it like that. And then you take, you forget all those things. If some, you hear something. Hey. Didn't we say, have you forgotten that you were forgiven? You have been forgiven. That is why you are existing. How come you cannot forgive your father for something that happened? We are the ones to hurt you. If we hurt you or something happens, hey, this church, this is what, and you see the bad thing is that you, you can leave the church, but when you go out of the church, don't talk about us. Like, don't say nasty things about us. And at that church, you've forgotten that we cut your, your umbilical cord is with us. We give birth to you. We also have something to say about you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ham. That's a dangerous person. When you see any ham in the system, mark him and avoid him. Yes. You like my message? Yeah. That is someone who is not responding to the word of God. He's not responding to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And you shouldn't company with such a person. Yeah. He wants to affect you with it. When you hear someone talking badly about the church, in this church, when you need something, they don't mind you. When these people need something, then they mind them. Mark that person. Mark that person. Yeah, mark that person. Don't let anybody say anything bad about the church or bad about any pastor or bad about anybody before you. You understand? Shut the person up. Shut the person up. Yeah, anybody who wants to expose us. We know we have problems. Don't we know we have problems? We know. Already, we know. We are aware. We are aware. But don't, don't, say, don't say things. Okay? Yeah, we know. We know that there are problems. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't forget what has been done for you. 
don't forget what has been done for you. I'm not talking about money. That we give you money, so we've done something for you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your salvation. Your spirituality. Your development. We prayed for you. We visited you. We followed up on you. We, did the, we taught you the word. We taught you the word. We cared about you. We had you in mind. Checked up on you. So don't say that they have hurt me. And then you react in a certain way. They have hurt you saying. Who is meant to hurt you? The closest people to you are the ones who hurt you the most. When you get married, know that your husband is the number one person who hurt you. Uh, including hurting you down there. Yes. Your husband will hurt you are including hurting you down there. Yeah. He will not wait. Oh, hold on. He will not wait for things to be okay for him to come. He will just push him. The mind people, they understand. Yeah. Is there a message? Yeah. Your husband is the number one person to hurt you. Your wife is the number one person to hurt you. How many times has has your wife hurt you? Plenty. Plenty. My wife has hurt me so many times. I've hurt her so many times. We hurt each other. It is a, it is a, it is a, a, mar- a mar- marriage is a place of hurt. Everybody's hurting each other, stepping on each other's no hold. But the key is forgiveness. We forgive. The key is love. We love each other no matter what. Why? Because we are brethren. We are born from the same womb. Yeah. There's no need to criticize. Yeah. We are connected. So don't forget. Don't be a church member who forgets. Don't be a church member who just walks out. You just walk out. You are gone. You are traveling. We don't know that you are traveling. You are going somewhere. We don't know. Now we call you. Why are you? Why? Why? Why do you want to know where I am? Why do you want to know where I am? Every time. What kind of a church member are you? That is why we will give you up. Yeah, that's why we will give you up. We will give you up. We will stop praying for you. We will stop doing some things for you. We will remove. Ah, listen. Let me show you a scripture. There are people who go beyond a certain level. First Timothy chapter chapter one verse eighteen. First Timothy one eighteen. There are people you must commit to Satan. Yes, it's scriptural. This child I commit unto you, unto you, son Timothy, according to the prophecy which went before on thee, that thou mightest by them wage a good warfare. Next verse nineteen. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. He says, holding what? Faith and a good conscience. Let's read the Amplified. Go back. Amplified. Holding fast to faith, the leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence, and having a good, clear conscience. Okay? By rejecting and trusting from them, their conscience, your conscience, it's not even talking to you, because you trust away your conscience. Some individuals have made shipwreck of their faith. They have destroyed their lives. Then he says, of whom is Hymenus and Alexander, whom I have delivered to Satan in order that they may learn, they may be disciplined by punishment and learn not to blaspheme. Do you get it? Like your life, your life is an insult to God. You have put your good conscience away. You know what you are doing is terrible. You know, you know that what you are doing is not from God. You are aware, but you have, you have become strong in it. He says, I have given up Hymenos and Alexander. I've delivered them over to Satan so that they may learn not to blaspheme. What do you mean? What, what does blaspheme mean? To talk against God. With your, with your bad conscience, you are talking against God. 
You are saying bad things about God with your life. Just when it gets to a certain point, I'll leave you. That's what we should do to some people in the church, to some of our church members, those who claim they are church members and don't have ears. You are not listening. We talk, you don't mind. You do whatever you want to do. Take yourself. You are not, you are, you are not loyal to what we are doing. You don't honor. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. Look at First Timothy 5, 17. Where is your honor? Let the elders that rule well or who perform well, perform the duties of, of their office well, be considered doubly worthy of honor and of adequate financial support, especially those who labor faithfully in preaching and teaching. Let, let's read King James so that we are not, I, I, I don't want to talk about finances, no. He says, let the elders that rule well, those who rule well, let them be counted worthy of double honor. You know, honor starts from listening. Like, if you really honor me, it's not by your mouth, like, this is my father. Some people call me father, they are not, you, are not, you are not my son, you are my daughter. Oh, you a joke. My sons look like me. My daughters look like me. I have a son in my house over there. When you see him, you see that it's me. The way he's moving, the way he's behaving, the way he's yeah, it's, it's me. I did it. I produced I'm the one who did it. Not me. You can't be a son and not look like us. Not talk like us. Not think like us. Our ministry in your life has done nothing for you. It's as though it has done nothing for you. You are rather criticized. You are forgotten. It's as though we are not anointed. It's as though we are not anointed. We've done things for you. Visits. Countless numbers. Preaching. Teachings. Laying on of hands. Things. We are going and coming. We visit you. Come to your hostel. We started visiting when you were in hostel. Now you are leaving your house. We still come to your house. Now you can take your hand and insult us. Listen. There are, some, there are some curses that follow. Ham was cursed by his father. He was cursed. Up to date, it's still working. A servant of servants. Moses did not change it. Moses did not change Ham's lot. You see, when Jacob, Jacob cursed uh, Simeon, I'll talk about them. Those are the next group of sons, I think. Okay, Esau and then Aaron and then sons of Jacob. But let me talk about sons of Jacob for a brief moment. Simeon, who was the first son of Jacob, went into his father's couch and slept with his father's wife. Like he doesn't respect. Reuben, the first one, sorry, Reuben. Reuben. Eh? He entered, and you see, Jacob did not say anything when it happened. He didn't say anything. He kept quiet. He kept quiet. When he was coming to die, then he cursed him and died. Yes. When he was coming to die. Yes. That was the last word he said to him. Yeah, Genesis, Genesis chapter 49, verse 1. Genesis 49, 1. Let me show you to Genesis 49, 1. Yeah. yeah. There are people you shouldn't joke with. There are things you shouldn't joke with. Do you get it? There are things you shouldn't joke with. Like, try your best. Yeah. David said that. Oh, hallelujah. He says that the, the, the son, okay, who dishonored the father, okay, his eyes shall be plucked out by the ravens and the eagle shall eat it. T- type it. It's in, it's in Psalms. The eye that dishonoreth the, f- the father. Okay? You can type raven. You can just type ravens. You'll get it. I think it's in Psalms or Proverbs. One of them. Psalms or Proverbs. One of them. I just used the scripture not long ago. Let me show it to you. Then we'll come back to this guy. 
Like there are things you shouldn't joke with. Like what Moses said, David said, I will not exercise myself in matters that are too high for me. Sorry? Proverbs 13. 30, 17. Proverbs 30, 17. You like my message? Yes. Is it a powerful message? Yes. It's good. It's a good message. I'm just correcting, and I'm not preaching to this church. Don't think it's like this church, like I've come to. No. I'm preaching to everybody. That's why it's being recorded. We brought camera to be recorded. So I can be played in every church and be on the podcast for everybody to hear it. Yeah, everybody has to hear it. It's not just for you. I'm not preaching with you in mind. The eye that mocketh at his father. Hmm? The eye that mocketh at his father. And despise to obey his mother. Like rulers over your life. Hmm? Let's read the Amplified. So we see mocketh. We don't understand mocketh. What does it mean to mock? This one too says mocks. Can you tell us what mock, what it means to mock at somebody or at something? Go back to King James, please. Pastor, Pastor Sandra, tell us, mocketh, what does it mean? Mock. To make fun of. To make fun of. Yes. That was what Ham was doing to the father. He was making fun of the father. Yeah, making fun of the spiritual authority in his life. He had forgotten. When we talk to you, then you'll be laughing as you're talking. <laughs> hey, me, I'm talking to you. I la- you have pocketed him. <laughs> like you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're saying. Who are you that you are talking? You're just talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, you've forgotten. You've forgotten that we did something in your life. How can you mock Pastor Cassie? Yeah. Uh, oh, oh. Don't haven't you had people do that to you? Yes, Pastor. You forgotten that she's anointed of God for you. I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about spiritual leadership, like spiritual leaders. I'm not the only spiritual leader here. He's a spiritual leader. So if he's the one who has been sent to you, respect him. He says, count them of double honor, double honor. Eh? The eye that mocket is that the only definition? What What was it again? To make fun of. So the, the eye that makes fun of his father and despises to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out. They will pick out the eyes. And the young eagle shall eat the eyes away. And that's exactly what happened to the guy who was hanging on the cross with Jesus. The other guy who was despising and mocking at Jesus Christ. The other one said, Listen, we did wrong. And hence are on the cross. But this man has not done anything wrong. Don't say what you are saying. He continued to talk. The Bible says a raven came to stand on the cross and pick his eyes out. Why? Because he was mocking the God of heaven on the cross. He picked his eyes out. And when your eyes are picked out, you can't see anymore. You can't see anymore. You are blind. That is why a lot of Christians are blind. Making foolish decisions and they are not seeing what's going on. You talk to them, nothing is like they're just going, 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 going. You are mocking him, mocking, mocking at your dad, laughing at him, ex- trying to expose him because you have forgotten that we did something in your life that we are, we've helped you before. We are doing something for you, we are praying for you, we are always thinking about you. Whenever Pastor Eugene comes to sit in my house, he doesn't talk about He's always talking about you people. Oh. Ah, when he comes, sometimes I'm like, Charlie, let's talk about something else. Why are you always talking about this? Bro? Yeah, he forgot it. There's one, there's one young man here right now. Pastor, you are spoken about him, man. Like, my God, leave him. Leave him. Just leave him. 
Sometimes it comes to talk like, leave this person. Man, God, develop that confidence. Just leave some people. Leave them. I have left you to the wind. Yes, leave the person. I, I, that's why I showed that scripture. It says, of whom is Hymenos and Alexander have left because they have left their good conscience. They have left, and because of that, they have made shipwreck. Leave them to the wind. Whatever will happen to them, should happen to them. Yeah. So that they will learn. He says, I'm giving them over to Satan so that they will learn not to what? Not to blaspheme. Yes. Not to, so that they will learn. It's a learning process. So that they will learn. But there are some people who just decide, I'm not following up on you again. It's okay. Don't tell them. Just make your plans. Don't go there again. Just make your plans. Work around and just move on. Yeah. Because you are you get it. Maybe she could have given birth to you if she was a bad girl. Or he could have done, he could have been something. But because of you, he has made, they have made certain sacrifices and brought themselves low to help you. Then you, you open your mouth and you talk. Why are you people what's all this? Please keep quiet. Don't talk about things you do not understand. Do you understand? See, I will not be like him. I refuse to be like Ham. Like see, because it is curses that follow Ham. Son, they, that's a dangerous son. That's a dangerous son. Like I said, the bad, the worst of it of it is, is that they want to affect others. They wouldn't want to uh, keep it to themselves. They would want to talk about it. They don't go down alone. You know, this church, when there's when you have a problem, they don't even visit you. They don't even come over and do things for you. When my mother died, they didn't do anything for me. When my father died, they didn't do anything for me. When this one happened, when I was sick, they didn't come to visit me. You've forgotten that we did something for you earlier. Maybe we forgot. Why don't you give us the benefit of the doubt? That maybe we didn't see it was truly an oversight. And the pastor has even apologized to you. Sorry? The elder came, the pastor didn't come. What is your problem? Even if a church member visits you, it is, it is, it is church. We are all part of the church. They have visited you. It's okay. We don't need to come. Corrupting people's lives, destroying people's lives, letting people have curses. There are Christians who have all kinds of curses following them. Christians, though, I'm not joking with you. You see, Christ carried the thorns. Remember the thorns and thistles that came out of the ground. When Jesus came, he carried the thorns. Do you remember? He has carried the curse for everybody. Else. But there are Christians who are still suffering. Have you seen some before? Christians are still suffering. There are a lot of Christians who are still suffering. Why? Because they have not appropriated that blessing for themselves. And they have, have allowed themselves to stay under a, 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 an unnecessary case. Yeah. With their actions, with their words. There are Christians who are experiencing leprosy because they are insulting Moses. Miriam experienced leprosy. So your, what you have begins to reduce. Leprosy takes away your fingers, your nose, anything, any extension of your body. It takes it away. It, am I lying, doctor? Yeah, it takes, it takes all the extensions away. So all the nice things that you had begins to reduce begins to reduce. There are Christians like that. As they grow older, they get poorer. It's not supposed to be like that. They should check themselves. Maybe you have insulted somebody. You need to confess to God. Maybe you have insulted the hand that fed you. You should, you should talk to God. Yeah. Because it's not, it's, it's not supposed to be like that. As a Christian grows, the blessings of the Lord are supposed to increase in your life and make you richer and better, not reduce. It's because of some of these small, small, petty, petty things. You were a bad person. You were a bad son, a bad daughter in the church. That is why you are having that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rise up and just talk to God. Tell God, Lord, help me. Save me from the error of Cain. From the way of Cain. Save me from, from harm. From the errors of harm. I want to be 
a correct son and a correct daughter in your house. I receive grace to move the way you have designed for me to move. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Talk to God right now. Mercy on every side. Anything that you have done to destroy the house of God in one form or the other. God is forgiving you now. And the mercy of God is locating you now. Whatever you have done that is supposed to trigger curses upon your life is cancelled in the name of the Lord Jesus. From today onwards, you will be a correct son. You will be a correct daughter. You will be a true brother and a true sister to the glory of God. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you again tomorrow. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and bounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.